My name is Isaac, and today I will be reading Percy Jackson and the Titan's Curse, Chapter 2. I... Yeah. Thanks for all the support so far, and I intend on keep on keeping on pushing uh, for those downloads. Um, yeah, without further ado, let's get on with the chapter. Chapter 2. The vice principal gets a missile launcher. I didn't know what kind of monster Dr. Thorne was, but he was fast. Maybe I could defend myself if I could get my shield activated. All that it would take was a touch of my wristwatch. But defending the D'Angelo kids was another matter. I needed help, and there was only one way I could think to get it. I closed my eyes. What are you doing, Jackson? His Dr. Thorne. Keep moving. I opened my eyes and kept shuffling forward. It's my shoulder, I lied, trying to sound miserable, which wasn't hard. It burns. Vah! My poison causes pain. It does not kill you. Walk! Dr. Thorne herded us outside, and I tried to concentrate. I pictured Grover's face. I focused on my feelings of fear and danger. Last summer, Grover had created an empathy link between us. He'd sent me visions in my dreams to let me know when he was in trouble. As far as I knew... We were still linked, but I never tried to contact Grover before. I didn't even know if it would work while Grover was awake. Hey, Grover, I thought. Thorne's kidnapping us. He's a poisonous spike-throwing maniac. Help! Dr. Thorne marched us into the woods. We took a snowy path, dimly lit by old-fashioned lamplights. My shoulder ached. The wind blowing through my... Ripped clothes was so cold that I felt like a Percy cycle. There's a clearing ahead, Doc Thorne said. We will summon your ride. What ride, Bianca demanded. Where are you taking us? Silas, you insufferable girl. Don't talk to my sister that way, Nico said. His voice quavered, but I was impressed that he has the guts to say anything at all. Dr. Thorne made a growling sound that definitely wasn't human. It made the hairs on my... On the back of my neck, stand up, but I forced to keep, but I forced myself to keep walking, and I pretended I was being a good little captive. Meanwhile, I project, I projected my thoughts like crazy, anything to get Grover's attention. Grover, apples, tin cans, get your furry goat behind out here and bring some heavily armed friends. Halt, Doctor Thorne said. The wood, the woods had opened up. We'd reached a cliff overlooking the sea. At least, I sensed the sea was down there, but a hundred meters below. I could hear the waves churning and the cold smell of salty froth. But I could see, but all I could see was mist and darkness. Dr. Thorne pushed us towards the edge. I stumbled and Bianca caught me. Thanks, I muttered. What is he? She whispered. How do we fight him? I, I'm, I'm working on it. I'm scared, Nico mumbled. He was full... He was fiddling with something. A little metal soldier of some kind. Stop talking, Dr. Doctor Th- Dr. Doctor Thorne said. Face me. We turned. Thorne's two-tone t- eyes glittered hungrily. He pulled something from under his coat. At first, I thought it was a switchblade, but it was only a phone. He pressed the side, of the but- the side button and said, The package. It's ready to deliver. It was a gar- garbled reply, and I realized Dr. Thorne was in walkie-talkie mode. This seemed way too modern and creepy. 
a monster using a cell phone? I glanced behind me, wondering how far the drop was. Dr. Thorne laughed. By all means, son of Poseidon, jump! There is a sea, save yourself. What did he call you? Bianca muttered. I'll explain later, I said. You do have a plan, right? Grover! I thought desperately. Come to me! Maybe I could get both the D'Angelo kids to jump with me to the ocean. If we survive the fall, I could use the water to protect us. I've done things like that before. If my dad was in a good mood and listening, he might help. Maybe. I would kill you before you would even reach the water, Dr. Thorne said, as if reading my thoughts. You do not realize who, who I am, do you? Flicker of movement behind him. Another missile whistled so close to me that it nicked my ear. Something had sprung up behind Dr. Thorne, like a catapult, but more reflexible, almost like a tail. Unfortunately, Dr. Thorne said, you were wanted alive if possible, otherwise you would already be dead. Who wants us? Bianca demanded. Because if you think you'll get ransomed, you're wrong. We don't have any family. Nico and I, her voice broke a little. We've all, we've got no one but each other. Aww, Dr. Thorne said. But don't worry, little brats. You will be meeting my employer soon enough. Then you will have a brand new family. Luke, I said. You work for Luke. Dr. Thorne's mouth twisted with distaste when I said the name of my old enemy. A former friend who tried to kill me several times. You have no idea what is happening, Perseus Jackson. I will let the general enlighten you. You are going to do him a great service tonight. He's looking forward to meeting you. The general? I asked. Then I realized I'd said it in a French accent. I mean, who who's the general? Dr. Thorne looked towards the horizon. Ah, here we are, your transportation. I turned and saw a light in the distance, a searchlight over the sea. Then I heard the chopping of helicopter blades getting louder and closer. Where are you taking us? Nico said. You should feel honored, my boy. You will have the opportunity to join a great army, just like that silly game you play with cards and dolls. They're not dolls, they're figurines. You can take your army and your great army and... Now, now, Dr. Thorne warned. You will change your mind about not joining us, my boy. And if you do not, well, there are other uses for half-bloods. You have ma- we have many monstrous mouths to feed. The gr- great stirring is underway. The great what? I asked. Anything to keep him talking while I fig- try to figure out a plan. The stirring of monsters. Dr. Thorne smiled evilly. The worst of them, the most powerful of them, are now waking. Monsters that have not been seen in thousands of years. They will cause death and destruction, the likes of which mortals have never known. And soon we shall have the most important monster of all, the one that shall bring the downfall of Olympus. Okay, Bianca whispered to me. He's completely nuts. We have to jump off the the cliff, I told her quietly, into the sea. Oh, super idea. You're completely nuts, too. I never got the chance to argue with her because then an invisible force slammed into me. Looking back on it, Annabeth's move was brilliant. Wearing her cap of invisibility, she plunged into the D'Angelo kids and me, knocking us to the ground. For a split second, Dr. Thorne was taken by surprise, so his first volley of missiles zipped harmlessly over our heads. That This gave Thalia and Grover a chance to adv- advance from behind. Thalia wielding her magic shield at- Aegis. 
if you're never if you've never seen Thalia run into battle, you have never been truly frightened. She uses a, a huge spear that expands from this cl- collapsible mace canister she carries in her pocket. But it's not the scary part. Her shield is modeled on one or on one her dad. Her shield is modeled on one her dad uses, also called Aegis, a gift from Athena. The shield has the head of a gorgon, Medusa, molded into bronze. And even though it won't turn you into stone, it's horrible. Most so horrible, most people will panic and run away at the sight of it. Even Dr. Thorne winced and growled when he saw it. Thalia moved in with her spear. For Zeus! I thought Dr. Thorne was a goner. Thalia jabbed at his head, but he snarled and swatted, swatted her spear aside. His hand changed into an orange paw with enormous claws that sparked against Thalia's shield as he slashed. If it hadn't been for Aegis, Thalia would have been sliced like a loaf of bread. As it was, she managed to roll backwards and land on her feet. The sound of the helicopter was getting louder behind me, but I didn't dare look. Dr. Thorne launched another volley of missiles at Thalia, and this time I could see how he did it. He had a tail, a leathery scorpion-like tail that bristled with spikes at the tips. The missiles deflected on Aegis, but the force of their impact knocked Thalia down. Grover sprang forward. He put his reed pipes to his lips and began to play, a frantic jig that sounded like something pirates would dance to. Grass broke through the snow. Within seconds, rope-thick weeds were wrapping around Dr. Thorne's leg, legs, entangling him. Dr. Thorne roared and began to change. He grew larger until he was his true form. His face still human, but his body that of a huge lion. His leathery, spiky tail whipped deadly thorns in all directions. A manticore, Annabeth said, now visible. Her magical New York... Yankee's cap had come off when she'd plunged, plowed into us. Who are you people? Bianca D'Angelo demanded. And what is that? A manticore? Nico gasped. It's got 3,000 attack power, plus 5 to saving throws. I didn't know what, what he was talking about, but I didn't have time to worry about it. The manticore clawed Grover's magic weeds to shreds, then tor- turned towards us with a snarl. Get down! Annabeth pushed the D'Angelo kids flat into the snow. At the last second, I remembered my own shield. I hit my wristwatch, wristwatch, and metal plating spiraled out into a thick bronze shield. Not a moment too soon. The thorns impacted against it such force they dented the metal. The beautiful shield, a gift from my brother, was badly damaged. I wouldn't. I wasn't even sure if it would so- stop a second volley. Then I heard a thwack and a yelp, and Grover landed next to me with a thud. Yield! The monster roared. Never! yelled Thalia from across the field. She charged the monster, and for a second I thought she would run him through. But then there was a thunderous noise and a blaze of lightning from behind us. The helicopter appeared out of the mist, hovering just beyond the cliffs. It was a sleek, black military-style gunship with attachments on the sides that looked like laser-guided rockets. The helicopter had to be manned by mortals, but it, what was it doing there? How could mortals be working with a monster? The searchlights blinded Thalia, and the manticore swatted her away with his, its tail. Her shield flew into the snow, her spear flew in the other direction.
No! I ran out to help her. I parried away a spike just before it could hit her chest. I raised my shield over us, but I knew it wouldn't be enough. Dr. Thorne laughed. Do you see now how hopeless it is? Yield, little heroes. We were trapped between a monster and a fully armed helicopter. We had no chance. Then I heard a clear, piercing sound. The call of a hunting horn blowing in the woods. The manticore froze. For a moment, no one moved. The only swir- the o- There was only the swirl of, of snow and the wind of the chopping of the helicopter blades. No, Dr. Thorne said. It cannot be. His sentence was cut short when something shot past me like a streak of moonlight. A glowing silver arrow sprouted from Dr. Thorne's shoulder. He staggered back backwards, wailing in agony. Curse you, Thorne cried. He unleashed his spikes, dozens of them at once, into the woods where the arrow had come from, but just as fast, silvery arrows shot back in reply. I almost looked looked like it almost looked like the arrows had intercepted the thorns in midair and sliced them in two, but my eyes must have been playing tricks on me. No one, not even Apollo's kid at, kids at camp, could shoot with so much accuracy. The manticore pulled the arrow out of his shoulder with a howl of pain. His breathing was heavy. I tried to swipe at him with my sword, but he wasn't as injured as he looked. He dodged my attack and slammed his tail into my shield, knocking me aside. Then the archers came from the woods. They were they were girls, about a dozen of them. The youngest maybe ten, the oldest about 15, 14, 15, like me. They wore silvery ski parkas and jeans, and they were all armed with bows. They advanced on the manticore with determined expressions. The hunters! Annabeth cried. Next to me, Thalia muttered, Oh, wonderful. I didn't have a chance to ask what she meant. One of the older archers stepped forward with her bow drawn. She was tall and graceful with coppery-colored skin. And like the other girls, she had a silver circlet braid into the top of her dark, long hair, so she looked like some kind of Persian princess. Permission to kill, milady? I couldn't tell who she was talking to, because she kept her eyes on the manticore. The monster wailed. This is not fair. Direct interference. It's against the ancient laws. Not so, another girl said. This was one of the little younger than me, maybe twelve or thirteen. She had burn hair gathered with a ponytail and strange eyes, silvery yellow like the moon. Her face was so beautiful it made me catch my breath, but her expression was stern and dangerous. The hunting of wild beasts is within my sphere, and you, foul creature, are a wild beast. She pointed at the older, older girl with the circlet. Zoe, permission granted. The manticore growled. If I cannot have these alive, I shall have them dead. He lunged at Thalia and me, knowing where we reek and dazzled. Dazzled. No! Annabeth yelled, and she charged at the monster. Get back, half-blood! The girl with the circle, it said. Get out of the line of fire! But Annabeth leaped into the monster's back and drove her knife into his mane. The manticore howled, turning in circles with his tail, flaying it as Annabeth hung on for dear life. Fire! Zoe ordered. No! I screamed. The hunters let their arrows fly. First caught the manticore in the neck. Another hit his chest. The manticore staggered backwards, wailing. This is not the end, Huntress. You shall pay. And before anyone could react, the monster, with Annabeth still on his back, 
leaped over the cliff and tumbled into the darkness. Annabeth! I yelled. I started to run after her, but our enemies weren't done with us. There was a snap, snap, snap from the helicopter, the sound of gunfire. Most of the hunters scattered as tiny holes appeared in the snow at their feet. The girl with airborne hair just looked up calmly at the helicopter. Mortals, she announced, are not allowed to witness my hunt. She thrust out her hand. The helicopter exploded into dust. No, not dust. Black metal the black metal dissolved into a flock of birds, ravens, which scattered into the night. The hunters advanced. The one called Zoe stopped short when she thought saw Thalia. You, she said with distaste. Zoe Nightshade. Thalia's voice trembled with anger. Perfect timing as usual. Zoe scanned the rest of us. Four half-bloods and a satyr, my lady. Yes, the younger girl said. Some of Chiron's campers, I see. Annabeth, I yelled. You have to let us save her. The airburn-haired airburn girl turned towards me. I'm sorry, Percy Jackson, but your friend is beyond help. I tried to struggle to my feet, but a couple of the girls held me down. You are in no condition to be hurtling yourself off cliffs, the airburn-haired airburn girl said. Let me go, I demanded. Who do you think you are? Zoe stepped forward as if to slap me. No, the other girl ordered. I says no disrespect, Zoe. He is simply distraught. He does not understand. The young girl looked at me, her eyes cold, colder and brighter than the winter moon. I am Artemis, she said, goddess of the hunt. And that was chapter two. Uh, Yeah, just want to say this was also chapter was pre-recorded so if anyone does go to podbean or download the app podbean or go to podbean.com and comment comment anything uh for a little bit i actually might not do it for a few episodes because yeah this is like pre-recorded and uh yeah so like if i'm publishing I think the next one I'm publishing is the second book, The Sea of Monsters, episode or chapter eighteen or nineteen. So, and I'm recording the second chapter of the third book. So, like, if you, if I say something in the eighteenth chapter in the second book, uh, and you comment on it, you're like, "Hey, uh, you said this wrong, or you pronounced this wrong, or it's called the." Uh, or something like that, then I will, um, yeah, I will answer that later, just so you know, like, it's not that I'm disrespecting your comment or anything, or ignoring it, just wait about two, two and a half weeks, and then I should be on top of things again. Um, yeah. See ya.